Welcome to Inside and Out with Michael and Jonathan. Our guest today is a business expert for the New York Post, Thornton McHenry. Thornton, how are you? I'm good, guys. I like expert. It's better than reporter. It, it is. I think expert adds an interesting touch to it. It does. Okay, awesome. So, like, we have a bunch of questions we're going to ask. So, like, the first one, um, my, like, do you know uh, Laura Goldman by any chance or no? I don't know, Laura. Okay. No, we, I think we spoke on the phone once months ago. Okay, yeah. So, so we had talked to Laura a few days ago. Um, so she had said that her estimate on the Met sale in terms of the percentage chance that Cohen would end up being the buyer was about 80 to 85%. Do you think that's like an like an accurate estimate or like what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I've been covering this a while. And, and actually, I mean, I one of my first uh, stories on the Mets was back in 2011 when a hedge fund manager named David Einhorn tried to buy a minority percentage of the team. Uh, and it was right after the Madoff thing had been unraveled and the Mets were desperate for cash. Uh, and David Einhorn at the time was, you know, riding high. He was one of the original pack of young, bright hedge fund guys. And he had more money than, you know, <laughs> most people. And Einhorn had a deal in place. And like the Cohen deal, it fell apart in the final stages um, because, you know, just a lot of weird machinations by the Wilpons and just a lot of strange stuff. And Einhorn came away from it. To this day, he says it was one of the worst negotiations of my career and I'm a hedge fund manager. Um, so, he, you know, and uh, and what I saw in the Cohen thing back in February was very reminiscent to the point where, you know, I tried to reach out to David Einhorn to get him to talk to me to reminisce. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, with the with the Wilpons and his deal and his team, I don't put percentages on anything, which is like your long-winded answer, um, just because things tend to shift. Uh, and they run it like a family business, and family businesses are notoriously emotional and non-logical. Which is why today I think you're seeing reports that like the mayor is throwing his hat in the ring to uh, have input on who should own the Mets, and Al Sharpton is involved now. So who knows? I mean, I, I, percentages I don't really, I can't really agree or disagree. What I can say is that the two things I know for sure is Steve Cohen will pay the most for this team, and that uh, there are forces at work within the Wilpon family that don't want Cohen to buy the team. So. Kind of going off that last thing that you said, um, Bob Nightingale, who's a reporter for USA Today, reported a couple days ago that A-Rod is currently the favorite to buy the team. Um, but, like, based off what you just said, is there any, like, relationship between Jeff Wilpon and A-Rod or anything that A-Rod brings to the table that would kind of make the Wilpons sell, sell A-Rod the team? Um, I, I don't know about relationships. I mean, I think A-Rod has relationships with a lot of people in baseball. I mean, he's been around the sport for a long time. He's a known guy. Um, he's become very much a player in New York's business scene. And he's really sort of, you know, advanced his persona. Um, I will tell you that uh, in the course of this whole thing, I've gotten to talk to a lot of people involved in all these different bids at some level. And the, uh, the J-Rod bid, as we call it at the Post, is really, I mean, they've predicated it as a narrative. Um, their big selling point for what they're selling is they're selling a narrative. They're selling, hey, A-Rod is this, you know, baseball legend and J-Lo is this known New York character and they want to build the Mets into a brand. Uh, they want to take uh, Willett's Point and blow it out and to become an entertainment venue with clubs and retail. So um, that's sort of their selling point. Cohen doesn't do that. He doesn't really have to. That's not, <laughs> it's not part of his right. pitch. I think that's what people are keying into. I think that's what the Mets like is sort of this, <clears throat> they can have a narrative. I mean, the Wilpons are aware that their Q rating isn't high among New York sports fans. And I think in a way, this would be a double-edged sword as they'd sell to a group that might they think might be popular 
uh, and it would also be a way to settle scores after February, where things got very, very, very dark. Okay. Um, I know you said that you you don't really assign percentages. In terms of your perceived front runner, is that Cohen or A Rod? Just to, like to clarify. I mean, I think if we're going off money. Okay. Who's going off for the most? Steve Cohen. Um, are we going off who has like who's built this sort of quorum of <laughs> narrative brilliance? It's it's J Rod. Um, that's just where we are. I mean, again, I think it, it comes down to the point where will they turn down the most money, uh, and how close will those offers be, and how what input will Major League Baseball have? Right. So if Cohen was, let's say Cohen paid the big bucks, uh, he won the Mets. My question is, would 75% of the owners approve of him or no? I don't know the answer to that question, speculatively. I mean, I've asked that question many times. My, You get different answers. Um, I think the Nightingale piece was a good um, example of the fact that that's a question. Because um, he's more than, I mean, I don't know him personally, but I know from uh, his reputation, he's a guy who's very keyed into ownership. He's a guy who can get those guys on the phone. Um my understanding for people I've talked to is that, you know, Fred Wilpon is an incredibly popular guy. Uh, he's very well liked in baseball circles, commissioners, other owners. And if Fred Wilpon, you know, went to people and said, hey, help me out. You know, I've, I've looked at the guy. I don't think that was a problem. It's a big deal for my family. I'd love your vote on this. It could get through. Um, and that's sort of the thing is if baseball is going to play hardball with him. And it's not really, from my understanding, the stuff about, you know, the SEC thing, which as a financial reporter who covers hedge funds, I can tell you wasn't great, but it's not, it wasn't, you know, it, it was a slap on the wrist in the end. It was the smoke around it that made it look worse. But in, if, you, if you boil it down to pure facts, in the end, it was a slap on the wrist. Um, what would be the problem for owners is that they're going into a collective bargaining agreement and they're bringing in an owner who's worth $14 billion. And that spooks ownership. Um, there's been talk, Jerry Reinsdorf especially is spooked, and you guys are a lot younger than me. But uh, I'm, I'm sure you've watched The Last Dance. I grew up with it. And I'll tell you, you know, that Jerry Reinsdorf is a known guy. He doesn't like to spend a ton of money. Um, <laughs> a lot of owners don't, especially now. I mean, especially looking at the business model of professional sports for the foreseeable future, the next three years. Payrolls are not going up. I mean, you know, people just can't afford it. I mean, baseball teams are bleeding money. I think Manfred said the league, you know, teams are going to lose $4 billion this year. Um, so having a guy come in, it spooks people that it'll, you know, that he'll, he, the, the salary, the market for salaries might not be where they want it to be if he's willing to come in and pay. That's the hurdle. So I know we mentioned that, and obviously know that if A-Rod and J-Lo were to buy the Mets, it would be at a considerably lower price than what Steve Cohn would pay. So with A-Rod coming in and and buying the team, would that like would that cause a ripple effect among major league baseball teams when they, when they are sold um because it, because his lower price would theoretically lower the value of the Mets? I think we should be careful. I think there's a lot of over, oversimplification going on on the price here. I will tell you from what I understand, the price that they would offer would not be significantly lower. It would be lower, or unless I mean, as of right now, maybe Steve Cohen gets wind of their offer and he goes significantly higher to make that make that visible and dramatic. Um, J Lo and Aaron have have J P Morgan private bank backing them here, which we've written about the post, and it's 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 a, it's a nuanced thing. But I mean, these are very powerful people at the world's largest lending institution. J P Morgan Chase is the world is the largest bank in the country, and they're committed to this deal from everyone I've spoken to. 
so they can help them get to that and not, not through lending money necessarily but having other clients introducing them saying hey you know there's liquidity here we can help you know and they could put together a, you know they can they can find money for them that might not be part of a lending facility or it might be a long-term lending facility which would keep the payments very low so they could get to an offer price that's close to cohen and then if cohen wants to go way above then that's a different ball game and if he does do that yeah then i think major league baseball says listen this is a valuation thing you gotta take that offer because then you know it makes teams right now teams are playing a value game they want to stay in a value range so yeah, that's the thing. But right now, the idea that Cohen and they, they're very far apart, J-Rod can get pretty high. I think people are sort of missing that point. I think J.P. Morgan can help them get there. Um, okay, so in terms of what you were saying like about borrowing money, because I know you said that like J.P. Morgan's playing a huge role um, in the bid for A-Rod. So considering all of the money is essentially being loaned to them, does that impact the amount of money they would be able to spend as the as an owner, um, considering right, it's like technically not theirs. You know what well, I mean? Well, there's a lot of investment and some lending. I mean, no, no one's really, no one has, no, I don't think anyone has seen. They have, they beat me on it big time. No one's seen the the, the offer. No one's seen the financials of how they're going to do this. They have a lot of deep pocketed investors, which is not a loan. That's just investment. And J.P. Morgan, if it is a loan or it's not a loan, it could be structured certain ways. So yeah, it would. It has some of that to be paid back. But again, you could make those payments. You could push that out in the future, um, which would make the payments low, which would allow them to spend. Um, there's just not a lot of income in the Mets right now. And right. everyone I've spoken to who got a sense of the Mets financials is there's a big hole to fill before the Mets generate revenue. That's true of right. most sports teams. The land around City Field still remains undeveloped. Um, there's a deal there. That's where the Kraft family who and the Patriots come in. J-Lo and A-Rod have been close with them. That right. would be clearly part of their ownership plan is to let the Crafts develop that land, have them pay them to do it. Uh, they'd pay them to run the concessions to City Field. They would leverage as quickly as they could what they had to play with. Um, City Field, the, the bond on City Field has been reduced to junk. I mean, the financial, the financial picture for the Mets right now is very dire. And that does make Cohen more appealing, is he's a guy who could come in and just dump money into a hole. And, he could, and a guy like Cohen can actually borrow money once he buys the team at a much lower rate. So he could actually borrow money to fill in the hole and then pay it back slowly. Right. Also. Um, but he's way more liquid. That's fair to say. But, yeah, I mean, the idea that just Mets fans want someone to come in on day one and start, you know, signing players to contracts and pushing payroll, it's Steve Cohen. Uh, the J-Rod plan is a much longer-term plan. Right. And... In terms of developing the surrounding areas of City Field, um, you you said Kraft is kind of is kind of the J Rod offers guy t- in charge of that. Do, in terms of like Cohen and uh, Harris and Blitzer, I know you said they they're kind of out in terms of Harris and Blitzer, but with um, Cohen, is does he have any plan to develop the surrounding areas, or is that really just an A Rod thing? Well, um, Hudson. So the related company, which did Hudson Yards on the west side of Manhattan. Uh, has had a deal uh, for that area for a while with the Wilpons. My, our understanding uh, is that they would renegotiate that with whoever bought the team. Um, with a with the J-Rod bid, that would have to be something that would have to be worked out with them and the Crafts and A-Rod. That, that would be it. Steve Cohen, his new office is at Hudson Yards. He has a relationship with Related. They would probably work together on that. Um, Steve Cohen hasn't made it part of his pitch. I mean, he hasn't really pitched at all. Steve Cohen doesn't really talk to the media. He doesn't really sort of, he doesn't put he doesn't really put himself out there or say, here's what I'm going to do. That's just not his personality. But the idea, I think he related would seem to benefit from his bid being uh, accepted. And with Harrison Blitzer, I would caution, they're not out out, 
but my our understanding is um that they've seen the financials they see the the situation and they've offered a low a, a bid they know will not be as higher than cohen maybe probably not higher than jayrod and they're saying hey if their deals fall apart which based on the Wilbots history is likely or possible come back to us and here's our offer uh and these are private equity guys that's what they do they value things low and try to build up the value in them going forward so it makes sense that they wouldn't come here and overpay that's not how they do things um that's not to say that they don't see this thing changing in the next few weeks and or days at this point and somehow come back with a higher offer but the last we heard that their their tactic was to just bid a little lower and see if the Wilpons wanted to come to them for a safe exit okay and I was reading an athletic article, um, I think it was yesterday, that said they had quoted that they had talked to three owners who had declined Cohen as an owner. Their quote that was like, they should be worried. Um, is mm-hmm. it... Uh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Sorry, I said, yeah. Uh, is it possible that he's like just, like solely in uh, involved just to drive up the price for an A-Rod sale? And then like, what are your thoughts on that? What I, uh... um, I've covered Steve Cohen for a long time. Uh, and it would surprise me if that was the case, because I think he'd have an understanding of that being what's going on. And right. secondly, there's only so much you can drive up the price on, uh, on, on the J-Rod bid. I mean, at a certain point, you know, there's, you know, they're not, there's a, there's a ceiling there. Um, and he's aware there's a ceiling there. Um, so, I mean, Steve Cohen, Steve Cohen's not just one of the more successful traders of his life. He's also a very, there was, I think the, I always say Sportico, I think, sent me the link today, Scott Shosnick. He wrote a very interesting story, uh, which is true. I've written about Steve Cohen's art collecting for years. He's a he's a very he's one of the world's top art collectors, and he's known to sort of he doesn't lose auctions that in art bids. He's great at valuing things, he's great at figuring out the market quickly, and he's good at getting in. He doesn't lose. He either gets out or he wins. Uh, this is a huge this is a huge art buy in a lot of ways. And he's valued this market. He's he thinks he's sized up his competition. And he's in this. So, yeah, I mean, Steve Cohen is not the kind of guy you use as a stalking horse. Um, and, I, and if he is being used at that, I can expect some fireworks. So we know Steve Cohen is like a lifelong Mets. He's been a Mets fan basically his entire life. That's the team he grew up rooting for. So when buying this team, is Steve Cohen doing it for the sole intention of making money? Or is he doing it more out of like his interest of the team? I don't think he's doing it to make money. I don't think anyone's buying a major league baseball team in the middle of a, a pandemic <laughs> to make money. Um, maybe going forward, he thinks there's a way to pull some levers and make the thing break even or, you know, pay for itself uh, in the long term. But yeah, I don't see, I mean, that's Steve Cohen's mind. I could see that that would be definitely a secondary goal. He wants to do this. I mean, he's been a minority owner for years. I think this is something he he's, passionate about and he's also you know guys who do what he does don't exactly want to do what they do forever i mean he's made an incredible amount of money but it's a young man's business and he's not gonna be on the trading floor every day and it could be something else and you know it could be a new competitive hobby uh albeit an expensive one um but again steve cohen like we i've said from the beginning he's not a guy who likes to lose so even if he did buy the team as a hobby if they lost it would drive him insane right what do you in terms of the financials, right? What do you approximate um, the team will be sold for when all the final bids are in? I mean, I remember it was originally approximated to be like two point six billion. That was the price that Cohen was willing to pay, 
but that was pre-COVID. So what what are you estimating yeah. that? So I, here's like? the here's the numbers. The numbers I think I see on Twitter sometimes. The numbers get a little confusing to people. So pre-COVID, he offered two point six billion. The deal was for two point six billion. That didn't involve. That didn't include SNY, uh, which the Mets lose money. SNY makes money. They both have debt, but SNY is clearly the piece. If you were going to bring revenue in, you'd want that to go. Um, that fell apart uh, after COVID when everything, I mean, every, the valuations just fell off the table. The Mets have held fast that the team, the team alone with no SNY is $2 billion. That's, they want $2 billion at least. Our understanding is Cohen's matched it. J-Rod is right there. Harrison Blitzer have sort of said, it sounds like they're a little, little under. Um, if the Mets were to throw SNY back in or enough of it, where they would be able to pull some revenue out of it, that number could go higher. Um, but as of right now, two billion seems to be the entry fee uh, to the final bidding process. So I would think somewhere between two and two point two billion um, would be what would get you the team right now. Um, if Cohen went above two point two, into you know, it's, uh, I don't see anyone going back to two point six right now. I'll say it. I'll just leave it at that. But that's pure speculation. So back in February, we've already mentioned that Steve Cohen that he tried to buy the team and it ended up falling falling out in the final stages. So there's been a lot of reports speculating on a lot of stuff, but like based on what you know, did Steve Cohn operate in bad faith when he was trying to buy the team back in February? Um, I, uh, our, my understanding from the reporting we did in February was it was a complicated transaction and both parties sort of brought, I think, a sense of their past to the table. I mean, we, our understanding is this was like final, final stages. Like this was like getting together for a meal uh, to hash out a few things. And what came up was there had been language in the agreement saying there was a five-year window uh, of, you know, they were going to transfer control, which I think Cohen agreed to because he thought, hey, this will be fine. And he'd pay in and the Wilpons would sort of, you know, teach him the business. And turned out, in the end, what the Wilpons perception of that five-year window was, and Cohen, our understanding, didn't maybe not fully, wasn't clear, thought it was negotiable, is that he would pay the bulk of his offer up front, basically giving the Mets liquidity they needed to move forward, but he would have no say on business operations for those five years. Jeff Wilpon would effectively stay and control the team while Steve Cohen paid off their debt. Um, and he said, you know, that's not something I'm interested in. Let's talk about me getting involved. You know, let, uh, the five-year window we can work on. I'll just, you know, incrementally, but I'm going to, I, I want to be a decision maker if I'm going to pay or I'll pay, we'll reverse the structure and I'll pay in slowly. And the last year will be the big nut and then I'll take over. And the Wilpons were furious. They said, you're renegotiating, you're, you're, you're reframing the deal. And I think the understanding was that there was a misunderstanding between how cemented that five-year deal was, the five-year window. Um, but things were held fast. There were requests that even after the five-year window, we were told there was a request for Jeff Wilpon to stay on payroll and then to keep some perks, like, you know, maybe even a private jet was what we, some people said was a demand. So that sort of fell apart, that the Wilpons were like, well, you know, they, they had an asset that they thought that he really wanted, and I think they thought they could get more, and I think he felt at that point, like, whoa, 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 I'm giving you a lot, for, and I'm not even taking SNY. And it just sort of fell apart, and there was very bad blood. I mean, the one thing we came, the one thing, we knew for sure after after talking to everybody was that there were a lot of angry feelings after that whole deal imploded. Got it. So with that being said, considering Jeff Wolpon will still own a 5% stake in the Mets when, when this deal is all said and done, will he have any part in, in the decision-making? Um, 
if he's still a part, a part owner of the team? At five percent, no. I mean, right now that at five percent, if so, let's say hypothetically the team goes to Steve Cohen, it's eighty percent the stake or seventy-five percent. Uh, if the Wilpons hold on to their five, because he would keep his eight and then add on the seventy-five percent. At that point, the Wilpons would have less power than Steve Cohen has now. Steve Cohen owns eight percent of the team, and he has no input. Bill Maher has no input. Uh, Anthony Scaramucci has no input. He owns one percent of the team. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, no, they'd have no input. I mean, they would be they would be a minority owner. Uh, it's, it's it's kind of fascinating to me that they want that. I mean, that to me and to me, it's it's a signifier that this is an emotional transaction for them. And I mean, as people think we're being hard on the Wilpons, um, and that's easy to paint, but. I think you have to look at that and see that that is a that's a very real thing. That's a it's an emotional uh, fingernail you're leaving. You just don't want to give it up. I mean, five percent of the team gives it's not, not, no operational control. It loses money. So if anything, you're not taking much away from it. Just they don't want to they don't want to lose the team. It's, they they love it. They love the Mets. They love being a part of it. Um, but yeah, they'd have no operational control of the team at five percent. Okay, and then this is kind of like our last question. Um, you brought it up earlier about Rep Al Sharpton um, supporting A-Rod. Um, and then I think it was today or yesterday, Bill de Blasio also supported A-Rod. Um, does that change anything about the Mets sale in terms of who it could be sold to, or is that really meaningless? I, I can't fathom. I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, the state senator, I think, was the first one to weigh in uh, a few weeks ago, uh, saying she preferred them and that didn't seem to have much of a wrinkle. And Al Sharpton, God bless him, is a New York institution. And uh, we, you, you assume he's going to offer his opinion. Uh, de Blasio kind of had me laughing today. I can't imagine what he thinks he's doing. And to, I mean, I can think of no one less effective than a lame duck mayor with a yeah. Who's less pop- less popular than the Wilpons at this point? Um, I don't see it. I mean, I think if anything, it's a signifier of there are people in at play here. There's people pulling strings here on the J Rod side, trying to make a case publicly uh, for this to happen. That's the only thing it does. It signifies there's like a deeper PR campaign at play that really want them at the forefront of this conversation, and they're trying to show a very significant difference between the Cohen bid and their bid. Because again, I mean, the the money isn't as overflowing on one side of this equation as it is the other. Um, so sort of painting them as the good guys might there, maybe that, that they hope that helps. Right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in inside now. And really it, like we could not thank you enough, Thornton. It was awesome having you on. Yeah. Thanks. No problem guys. Good luck with this. Thank you. So have a great I day. I think I said, I feel bad for any college student right now. This is a nightmare. It's crazy. <laughs> it is. I mean, it absolutely is crazy. Um, But have a great day, and we look forward to seeing you tune in next week.